You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Hey, and Jim. How's it going? What is up, guys? What is Another up? fine, very dark, super early morning of recording here. Why is it so early? <laughs> I don't know. It hurts. Uh, no me gusta, pero esta es what we're doing. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh man so hey uh just you know because we we talked a couple of weeks ago about jim and i and uh and one other friend who lives uh close by here since charles lives all the way out in crazy town uh way way away um me and jim and another guy we went to a very interesting thing our our, our very first ever organized play event for the starfinder role-playing game went to a starfinder society thing and we wanted to, one of the things we wanted to do was take that experience and think about it in terms of the game of Exalted and uh, what might be possible with an organized play type thing with the game of Exalted. So first of all, I just, just talking about our experience there, because here we are like complete uh, virgins when it comes to like playing with other people outside of our circle playing outside of our house you know playing in a public place like that i mean we just nerds we, <laughs> I, I never have you have you played role-playing game outside of your house charles like, oh yeah it, at a public at a public place yeah with like a group consisting completely of people i don't know absolutely you have oh wow. yeah okay was it an organized play kind of a thing like an organized play campaign so when fourth edition came out i did a couple of the encounter nights which were oh right i mean i don't even know that i would call those organized play in terms of like a continuing storyline it was just come out and you can play this pre-made little encounter in D and whatever you know it's quick was it quick easy play yeah. about an hour maybe yeah something like that yeah yeah that sounds a lot like the pathfinder society quests that they they have they make i think they make one set of those a year and uh, it's like six like little one hour things that you can use at conventions or at your store to kind of introduce people to the game and uh, i actually go ahead sorry no 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 i, I thought you were finished that's Keep right it. oh I, I was just gonna say that that uh jim and his family and me and my and a couple of my girls we uh we did one of the like a maybe three was it jim of the pathfinder society quest when we were testing out our like distance gaming with uh you know all these different cameras and, and i uh, think we Skype did and everything i think we did two of did three two. because we didn't get the boon and then we decided not to do um another one yeah, not yeah to keep going with it yeah well and then we also decided that we weren't going to use pathfinder society characters that we're yeah, just we going to we make our own we we're doing adventure path yeah yeah so in your uh so so is that what you is that all that you did were those little adventure things charles or um no i didn't i didn't do that very i think i did the D encounters maybe three times it just wasn't very fun because each one was so insular 
and disconnected yeah. from the other. I mean, by by design, it was. I'm not saying yeah. that's necessarily bad. Uh, that right. just doesn't do it for me. And so I decided, oh, I'll just run my own fourth edition group using that horrifically terrible Scales of War adventure path that Wizards <laughs> published for fourth edition, which is arguably one of the single worst RPG products ever produced of all time. <laughs> No, I, you know, I never even looked at it. I, it. I didn't even know that they had done that after, you know, after Paizo split and and left and did their own thing. Mm-hmm. I never, I never looked back to see what D and D was. Let doing, me let me tell you just... how bad it was, and I'm going to use my current group as an example of how good Paizo was. So we're running the Age of Worms Adventure Path, which was published in Dungeon Magazine, right. uh, while like, while the Paizo people were still yes, working. Yes, exactly, for, with Wizards, yeah. right. Yeah, And what they ended up doing is um, a couple issues in, they published this web supplement called Age of Worms Overload, and it had the entire um, like adventure path summary written out, you know, right. on an adventure by adventure basis. Exactly what Pathfinder does at the back of each first issue yeah. of a new adventure path, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, shocker, right? Well, yeah. Wizards never did that for scales of war so as it was if you were running it as it came out you could never foreshadow (laughs) yeah you had no idea what was coming you had no idea where it was going to go and they said oh well we want the dungeon masters to have some surprise in it too and it's like that's not how it works (laughs) you can't do that read that as we're doing we're coming up with this as we go along exactly and it was it was terrible it was so bad and not because of fourth edition because uh, unpopular opinion alert i actually think fourth edition is a lot of fun but that adventure path needs to be forgotten in time and space (laughs) Uh, so you played that uh, at like a store location or something yeah but. there was like a pretty pretty banging comic book store near where i was living in florida at the time and uh-huh. i don't even remember how i got it started uh but yeah it was like me and my father-in-law and like six other people i didn't know at all you don't and know you your father-in-law i don't <laughs> <laughs> I Still just not to know this day. his face. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is his D and D character. <laughs> Riffraff Flarnarb. No, that's that's not it. Um, but yeah, uh, it is. It is an interesting experience to play in public. Kind of makes yeah. you feel vulnerable a little bit, and. I think a lot of people are hesitant to do that because of that. You know, you play in your home. No one can give you weird side-eye looks and be like, oh, look at those nerds over there playing D&D. Well, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're in a comic book store. You're as right. much of a nerd as I am. Like, right. that's all there is to it, man. Guilt right. by association. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, the only looks that uh, that we got uh, while we were at our little event were like, "Gosh, why are those guys so hot over there?" And it, are they? You were the that worst. Cool? You were the worst. Yeah, I, 
I mean, it was just like this constant, you know, uh, just just people blown away by how Shut cool and, <laughs> and gorgeous we were. And uh, oh, oh my goodness, do you do you hear how well he's role playing? <laughs> I am envious, but so, yeah. Actually, um, he did get a couple of those. <laughs> I, I did get a couple of those. Yeah, I did. So, uh, <laughs> they're like, he's not even breaking character. I'm like, dude, this is a normal every day at the table for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, so, uh, just kind of talking a little bit about our experience. So we, um, so we played an actual, uh, uh, Starfinder Society, which is the, which is the organized play for Starfinder, very similar to Pathfinder Society. We played an actual Starfinder Society special, which is something that's normally done at a convention, and uh, because they they need lots and lots of tables, and we had we had several tables there. Uh, it was definitely smaller than a convention scene, but they had enough tables to get the thing done. And the whole idea. And Jim, you can jump in here with details and whatever you want at any time. Don't just let me just keep talking. But uh, but the whole idea was that like each table was like a cruiser in like one of these big like Star Wars-esque like meetings of the fleet. And they all like get together and then it's just like like all the, the, the ships go to warp at the same time. You know, they're just like and they're, they're flying into this uh, zone. And I don't want to spoil this because some people will be playing this later in the year at conventions and stuff, but like all the ships like jump into this uh, specific area. And then there are lots of, uh, there's like a gather information time and everybody gets a choice of like things that they can check out. You know, there's, there's this over here. There's these derelict ships here. There's this planet that has, you know, we're, we're detecting this kind of life on it or whatever. And each table is like making their own decision of how they want to go about, um, doing some information gather because it's like kind of a rescue mission. And uh, spoiler alert: if you don't, if you're gonna, if you plan on playing Starfinder Society One Ninety Nine in the coming future, you may want to tune out. I'm gonna try to keep it spoiler light, but you know. Anyway, so yeah, there's a little bit of like gather information because it's a rescue operation, and then you do that for a while. Each table like reports in when they've accomplished their goals, and like the overlord of the whole thing is like putting all this together. We had TVs in the place that were like keeping track of where everybody was with like this cool map of the system and everything. And, uh, and it like, as people were completing things, it was like showing up on the TV and then, uh, and then it moved into like a phase two where there were like actual rescue operations and all the different vessels were like choosing to go, you know, do different things. And as people were rescued, we actually had somebody come in and rescue some people, uh, at one location that we were in, uh, before we did it. And it, when we like met them in the hallway, they, they helped us wipe up a couple of these bad guys. And then they're like, Hey, we already took care of this guys. You need to get back up there and find somebody else. So we, we got back in our ship and we headed off. And so anyway, it was just this great, like kind of concerted effort. Then the, the bad guys show up like in, in the system as people are still finishing their rescue operations. And some people are like launching to meet the enemies. And then it was like a full scale evacuation. And we had to get in a fighter craft and go out. Like uh, they were trying to shoot down our transports. And so we had to go like take out their fighter craft and, uh, Jim was like flying circles around those guys. He was our pilot and, uh, man, it was, uh, it was intense. It was awesome. I mean, I thought it was singly the, the most fun I've had, uh, playing a role-playing game in, in like a very long time. Like it was extremely fun. And, uh, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I am. It was good, dude. I'm telling you, this was, this was a very interesting uh, uh, experience 
And did you want to add anything to the to to the, like just kind of the description of that experience, Jim? Before I start trying to dig into like how this might could be used for Exalted or whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it was it was new, and it. I guess it was easy because, um, I went with you. And I knew you, so I was like, well, no matter what, as long as we're at the same table, at least I know somebody there. But right. the people that were at our table were really cool. Um, yeah. Um, the the GM, I guess it's a GM? Yeah, the yeah. GM that yeah. we had. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember all the, um, I know, there's so all the abbreviations like... for the storyteller, yeah. GM, Dungeon Master. Um but that guy, he was really cool. I liked, I, I liked him. Everybody was friendly. Um, all the other tables, there was some interaction between us and other tables because they had this, yeah. um, this sheet you could pass around, where like you could like use um, one of these relief things or an aid, like oh yeah. you know you can uh, write your name down here and then you use this um you get you get someone an a- another agent helps you with a role or something like that yeah it was like there were like eight different things that right we could choose and you would from. pass this around to the next table and uh yeah, you would you would pick one use it and then pass it to another table so that they could so, use it. so we we called in what like a fire support or something at one time yeah yeah something like yeah. that but yeah it yeah. was just really cool and the atmosphere was really good and the the place the venue that was hosting us you know we had they would this is the greatest thing ever you're sitting there playing and someone comes to your table and says hey do you need anything to drink do you need anything to eat we got some pizza blah 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 um and you're like yeah sure and they're like do you have a tap i'm like no all right i'll start you a tap and i'm like yeah cool that's awesome i don't even it was really awesome that was like one of the best parts of the whole thing i was like oh my gosh this is like dave and busters when you're like playing pool and the dude walks up with the towel over his arm i mean the only way it could get better is if someone had a bucket so i wouldn't have to go use the restroom that was the only time i had to leave the table (laughs) but uh maybe somebody will figure that out eventually but uh other well, than they that, did have little breaks. Was... They had little breaks. They're like, "All right, guys, we're gonna take five right here." And then, like, but then, of course, you know, there's a rush on the bathroom. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that used, was the one. Could have used a few more bathrooms there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, it was so yeah, it was fun. Cool. I had a good and then, time. Yeah, about two hours in, they're like, "All right, guys, now we're doing dollar pizza slices." I'm like, "Dollar pizza slices? Heck yeah, let's get it rolling over here." <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was that was really that was really cool. What an amazing venue that was. I mean, I just, I was like, I wish I was the owner of this store because this is the coolest place ever. But um, yeah, so we had a great, great time. That is really fun. If, uh, if you haven't checked out like an organized play thing, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to highly recommend Starfinder Society, Pathfinder Society. And actually I'm so hooked in it that I was like, I told the guy immediately, I'm like, okay, uh, four weeks from now, I want to run a game if that's not too soon because i am a lifelong gm so like i want to run a game here uh and i want my kids to come and yeah it's i just this it was so fun so um so anyway yeah so it got got us thinking like what what could that look like if it was done with an exalted flavor and i know that there are people out there who are going to be like well, you can't do that with Exalted because the characters are so powerful, et cetera, et cetera, and all that other kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I do think 
that that it is very possible to do something like this and uh i came up with a couple of good ideas but before i get to like my specific ideas of what uh i think would be cool because i don't want i don't want my idea to just completely dominate uh the discussion i want people you know i want some more opinion here but like um first of all do you guys think that exalted could ever be suited for something like this or does its power level themes whatever else just like immediately rule it out for something like organized play yes and no <laughs> yes to which and no to which B- both in that order yes it can <laughs> it can handle organized play and no i don't think the power level automatically uh disqualifies it from being able to be organized play <clears throat> yeah, okay and do you have some thoughts I do not no no oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> pass no um, well for I think any game except maybe certain horror games could be done with organized no you know what even then I, I think yeah. any role playing game could have a successful organized play element to it because right. all it means is short easy to run scenarios that anyone can play at any time that's it yeah and like some kind of theme that carries through a season or like a big quest line that carries through i don't know there's some connecting element to it right and that's literally it yeah and honestly and i don't mean this as a negative i think it's going to sound like that but they're kind of shallow in if oh, yeah. you if you compare it to a regular full uh we'll just say scenario or adventure or whatever like those have a lot of details and you know like troubleshooting stuff which i know op stuff has some troubleshooting or whatever in it but it's almost like any organized play adventure is like a super diet version of a regular adventure but that's good because it makes it more accessible to a broader range of people play styles and player choices yeah and and if you look at like examples of uh pathfinder uh, society starfinder society adventures you'll see that like one of the things they do a lot is they give a lot of opportunity for people to roll uh individual skills that they may have um that they may have focused on, you know, so like, uh, usually the adventure takes place in like three or four acts. And in each one, there's like all these opportunities for people to roll skills. And, and it's not like super long-term thing. It's just like, you know, uh, who wants to try this role at engineering? You know, it's like, well, I'll try it. And then you try it and you succeed. And then like, they give you, you know, it's like, you know, because of your efforts, this happened. And then I you like, kind of move I like on. that they brought professions into that. Like if, if yeah. you have a professional electrician, you know, you could roll this. Or um, if there was one point where we were trying to convince someone of something. And I think if you had a profession psychologist, you could roll yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I like I like that portion of it too that they brought yeah, in that some was... some skills that you normally wouldn't use in a game or think to use right and that was definitely the case in that one that we played but it's also the case in all the ones I've read because I've read several of them you know thinking about which one I would want to run and whatever and they they are pretty much 
uh, geared to make it where every every person at your table can shine at least a couple of times right uh, throughout the adventure and so you know everybody's uniqueness gets to be shown off the guy who's like really geeked out on like mysticism or whatever he finally gets his moment in the sun you know, which that happened at our table <laughs> ian ian a new friend that we made there he was like he's like my guys are really good at mysticism so when when i when that comes up man oh, i yeah. got this oh, yeah we were like now's the time ian it's your moment and he you know he made the roll and he's like yeah he also anyway. did heal my character when i was like on we're very close to knocking on death's door. Right, right. So uh so what about you, Jim? What are you, what are your thoughts on uh, exalted and organized play? And can it you know, you think it, it could work the same way that that worked for us? Well the thing that there's a mechanic in um like Pathfinder or Starfinder, which is level. And but yeah. they do a great job of... We were all sitting at a table with, like, level one, level two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, the table behind us was, like, you know, level 15 characters. Or level mm-hmm. 17 characters. But we all got to go on the same missions. It's like, do you want to go to this planet? Do you want to go check out this ship? Do you want to do this? And they had it built so, like, if, the, if you're running a level one table... This is the encounters they they face, which was really good. Keeping it balanced. Everybody could, you know, this wasn't like, oh, if you go to this planet, you're going to die with your level one guys. But we we had the equal amount of opportunity to move the entire uh, story forward for all the tables, which was really fun. It it didn't make you feel like a fifth wheel or something. Now, with Exalted... If a essence one guy, maybe he goes into an encounter that's designed for essence two people. I don't think the power level is as far off as a level one versus a level oh, yeah. fifteen or a level yeah, yeah. ten. So it could be tweaked, like you know, hey, nerf this guy. Use these stats if it looks like your party doesn't have a lot of fighters. You know, right. if they're more socially based, kind of use these stats or completely have a separate um antagonist that you could throw in on the fly as like the big bad guy based on the storyteller filling out his character group like maybe it could be designed where it's like um throw this encounter at them kind of gauge what they're doing throw this encounter see where they you know kind of test the waters and then based on your results let this be the big bad or let this be the big bad at the end. And of course you're talking about maybe like a three to four hour scenario or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it could be done. I think, um, I think it would be fun to like, maybe have like, have like five or six different objectives. Like we're storming the blessed aisle. Like that's the name of the, uh, of the, the thing you're playing. And these right. guys are storming the docks, and these guys are storming over here. And like everybody has an objective to do. There's there's right. a lot of different ways you could do it, and I'm pretty sure you've you've come up with some ideas that we'll talk about. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, interested in, in what you just brought up. This whole idea of the fact that parties can be very different at, at even at the same essence level and it's one thing that a lot of people brought up when we talked about possibility of like adventure paths long long form adventures whatever in exalted is that um 
you know, in a game like Pathfinder, D&D, whatever, every character has some fighting ability. But because of the way that you can make characters in Exalted, not everybody uh, put any points in some kind of fighting thing. What was that know? character of the week that we had? The uh, passive, the passive warrior guy that. Yeah, but but even he was built where he could fight. Yeah, if he there had are some to. people. There are some people who only put charms in like performance and and presence and and those kinds of things, and they have absolute like they have no excellencies in a fighting ability. Uh, they have no special charms for any kind of fighting ability, and in a if you have a character like that i mean they are actually worse than a martial mortal like a, like they're worse than like a bandit yeah. or a <laughs> you know or a conscripted soldier what like they're worse than that because they they literally put nothing in that now you could say well that you know some of their charms might be able to like you know sway the hearts of any potential opponents you know get them to see the air of their ways join their side whatever and I, and and I would hope that there's at least the ability to do that. I mean, I, some of it doesn't compute with me because as as uh, as I play this game and as I coach people on how to make characters and whatever, <laughs> one of the things I always say is make sure you have some way you can fight. You know, when we get we get into a, some kind of, you know, a fight situation, you want to be able to do something. So put put some charms into throne into archery into uh brawl maybe a held crossbow yeah have some <laughs> way have some way that you can that you can fight people because we're going to fight you know and I, but the thing is though is that exalted doesn't make you do that like it's not a part of the character creation chapter to choose make sure you choose at least one fighting ability right like it, so it is possible for people to make characters that are like literally a lover and not a fighter you know and so if you're creating a uh, an organized play experience for people you have to be ready for that kind of a player and it's like you said jim you, you've got to have some different sorts of uh, encounters so if, if you have a party that's weighted more toward this you know you want to go for this encounter and if you have one that's like this but you're also going to have within that party you're going to have the dawn cast guy who is the fighter and you might have three other guys who right. are not fighters at all and in that case you know you don't want the one person to be shining you know in encounter after encounter after encounter and the other people are just like sitting back on the bench going well it's time for this guy to break out the big sword again you know you know like, i you think want... this is where the quick start actually really shines because it made characters for them uh well well there is that um no yeah. what i'm what i meant was it has a uh, a pretty good variance of encounter types right right so you know it has the spirit dog or spirit wolf right at the beginning that the uh that the one cast can deal with and then there are right. social encounters and then there are combat encounters i mean it pretty much runs the gamut for um, or gamut, however you say it. I don't know. However <laughs> I say it is obviously going to be wrong. Someone will correct us. Um, <laughs> Get used um, to it. Yeah. <laughs> Gamut! <laughs> um, but I will say they got that right in the quick start. They knew yeah. we have to have uh, some kind of spirit interaction, uh, 
violent interaction and a social interaction. Right. Yeah. And and that's the way, like I said, a lot of these uh, Pathfinders and Starfinder Society things are written to. I mean, we had to like convince people that were locked in the Matrix that they were actually in the Matrix and this was not reality. And we had to convince them and get them out of there. We had... Uh, you know, we had other things where we had to uh, do like investigation and figure out a mystery, you know, and uh, and then we also had some combat stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be a part of any kind of thing that you design. And and because, you you know, you could have some martial characters at, at every table, you're going to have to have some martial encounters in all of your little uh, scenarios that you create for something like that. But let me just uh, let me let me throw something out there for you guys. OK, so I was thinking I was racking my brain. <laughs> like, uh, you know, what, yeah, what would the campaign look like for exalted, uh, organized play? How would that go down? You know, cause I'm like thinking, well, yeah, what could you do with solars? Well, solars are really a ragtag band because they're just kind of coming back into their own. They're exalting all over creation and weird plays. Like it just, that doesn't feel very organized play E, you know, like, uh, you get together with other strangers for a one for a one time sit down scenario, and your character's supposed to continue from scenario to scenario, even though the players around you will change, and you've got to account for that, right? And so, like a bunch of solars who just like randomly uh, exalted somewhere, and then like and then are like what seeking out some like new companions or whatnot, and they just constantly find new solar exalted companions to go on random adventures with. That to me sounded pretty weak, and uh, so I was thinking about all the different exalt types. I'm like, well, what if what if the what if the organized play was primarily only one exalt type? And of course, you could you could make a big case for why that would be dragon blooded because they have all of these. Um, you know, these houses and things like that, that could instantly be factions that you could, you know, yeah. set up. And yeah. So I thought that was cool. But then I thought, you know, what would be really awesome is if the main exalt type for the organized play were siderials and mm. the whole organized camp organized play campaign where, because, because the siderials are like these secret agents anyway. Right. You know, they work for these ministries in heaven and whatnot. And they get sent out on these like little missions with other, you know, other bureaucrats, other members of this, of this, uh, this organization in heaven. They get, they get put together into little teams and sent out to like do something to like fix fate or to guide fate in a certain way or whatever. And I'm like, that would make perfect. That's like the perfect story for an organized play thing is to have everyone be these siderials and so you know you, you get together with other you know other players as you sit down at your organized play table and you're introduced to them you're making new friends maybe a couple of them are old that you've played with before and it's it, it's just like you know some some bureaucratic organization like these ministries of you know ministry of endings ministry of whatever secrets and whatnot and you all sit down together and the the higher ranking person explains what you're going to be doing and then you go out in this mission to creation, this one-time mission, you get it done, and then you report back and you earn these rewards, these like heavenly rewards kind of a thing. And I thought, you know, if you did it that way, if that was like the main structure, then bringing in other exalt types wouldn't be very difficult. It would be very similar to what you do in a Pathfinder Society or Starfinder Society where you earn boons based on which scenarios you play. And if you played the one scenario, you might, you know, you might get a boon that says uh, you can make a dragon blooded character or you can make a dragon king 
or you can build a solar, right? And uh, and then, you know, and so because you've played the scenario that unlocks that, now you're able to make one character who is of this other thing, right? And uh, and so that would give a little bit of variety, not a lot of variety. Most people are still going to be the, uh, the Sidereals, but you might have a Lunar at your table or a Dragon King. And I think that that could be I think that that could actually be really fun. What do you think? You like that idea? Or you think it would be better to do Dragon Bloods or whatever? I think that organized play with solars would be difficult. Right. And that Dragon Bloods, Lunars, and Sidereals would be the... Like, that's where you'd have to go with OP. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, you know me, I'm a I'm a lunar guy. <laughs> like, to work with, like, the silver pack in the uh, 10,000 streams project right. where you're building society. It would almost be kind of like a kingmaker kind of thing where you're, yeah. like, building these kingdoms. And, like, when you succeed at your project, like, they reward you with more territories. And then you can, like, build oh, up yeah. your area. That would be cool. Yeah. That way you got like a personal thing you're working on, but right. the, but it would motivate you to keep coming back and like working on the big projects. That right. would I mean that could be that could be done. And you know, lunars can like they can blend in to um a society, like take a shape of someone they need to to convince, you know, go to war, right. don't go to war, do this kind of thing. That could be pretty fun. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good idea. And it, it brings up, you know, you talk about the Thousand Streams River. I mean, if you think that, like, Heaven's organization makes for a really good, you know, kind of starting point for, you know, these big meta plots or whatever for a sidereal thing. Yeah, Thousand Streams River makes perfect sense for a big meta plot for Lunars. And, and again, the, uh, the Dynasty makes a really good organization for a meta plot for the Dragonbloods. And so I think that you could actually, you know, it'd be cool. You could actually do you know, several different campaigns like where, you know, and of course I know Onyx path, like there's, there's like no way, right. That they would ever publish this much stuff, <laughs> but, uh, with, with their publishing background, history, track record, whatever. But like, but yeah, I mean like you could actually do three different campaigns, you know, you could have the heaven thing. You could have, it's just kind of like Starfinder society and pathfinder society. Well, you could have like thousand streams river and ministry of heaven, you know, and, uh, Scarlet Dynasty and have people choose, you know, which one they want to do. And, uh, and then, yeah, you could, in each of them, and you then you have these the Liminals Ghostbuster Society. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all that, all that stuff would be, I think it'd be really cool. I think it could be done. What it would take to do it, though, are, it is like a, is a different company, honestly. Because the way that Onyx Path is set up currently, uh, I just don't, I don't think they have the kind of um, manpower and drive to put together something like that. Now, when you look at like what Paizo is doing with the Pathfinder Society and Starfinder Society, uh, they are not tasking a bunch of, of their internal writers to these things. Almost all of them are written by... You know, people who have just kind of come up through the ranks—they're—they're they're essentially fans and freelancers, 
who are writing these things. Paizo has every now and then they do um, an RPG superstar kind of a thing that, uh, you know, th- these people compete to see, you know, who can come up with the coolest. They, they have like several events. You'd make a map, you make an encounter, you make a small, small adventure, whatever. You make a character design, an, an artifact design, all this kind of stuff. You build all this and then the winner gets to make a, a Starfinder Society scenario or a Pathfinder Society scenario. And from there, they get like kind of put into the writing pool to do other things. And eventually some of those work up and, and, you know, write adventure paths and stuff like that. But like they have this kind of like growing community of folks that write for them. So if, if Onyx Path were going to do something like that, they would need to develop, I think, a very similar thing. And, and I mean, I know that they're already doing this by, you know, putting the word out and getting new writers in and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I know they hired like six or eight new writers for the heirs of the Shogunate, and they probably will add more later. But, I mean, yeah, this would it would require a more, um, more touchstones to the community, bringing more people in and getting them writing. And uh, But I, I honestly, I don't think that it's undoable because if you look at how they do that for PFS and SFS, uh, they only release electronic documents. You know, the adventures are all PDFs. They don't do anything physical. A lot of times they're reusing art from other things, you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's undoable at all. I think it's, it would only be an, an, a question of attitude. You know, do you think it can be done? But I think it would be good in the long run because things like organized play campaigns are what drive sales and get people interested in games. People come in, they see people doing something and they, you know, they're like, what are you guys playing? Well, this sounds interesting. You know, it's a way to get new players in and get them hooked up and for Exalted to grow. I think it needs to have something like that. Uh, Not maybe not necessarily an organized play, but it needs to have more focus on getting people to come out to stores and you know come out come outside of their house and and learn a new game and if you don't have something that you can put in front of people you're never going to get those well some physical contact with people and i don't mean that in a weird way but like (laughs) face-to-face role-playing that is like kind of very aggressive (laughs) (laughs) role-playing full contact yeah um but yeah something where it's like where you could like physically see something going on instead of like bouncing from web website to website to kind of figure out what's going on right like hey we're going to be at this place doing this event or you know have some local people like hey do you live in a community uh and you would like to like get some cool stuff and go run this at your local shop you know we can you know we can all coordinate that and set that up that's kind of the thing is like um, the group that we played with, they're just a bunch of guys that like playing the game and they're players and they organize this thing. And, you know, they right. have some they have some uh, conversation with the higher ups, but yeah. they're not like a hired group to come like play Pathfinder yeah, or Starfinder. It's, it's yeah. people who want to play that want to get together with other players and they set up this system that would the the society system where you are motivated like oh man i want to have an elf character that i can take to this well you got to earn this boon well how do i earn that boon you know and then like they have some reward tiers because right. if people don't have things that they can get they're not motivated to do anything 
Right. I'll tell um, you what, when we got that Chronicle sheet at the end of that thing, and I'm looking at the rewards uh, that we got, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get more of this. Oh, like, <laughs> it was my dream come true. It's like, start a character at this level. I was like, a brand new character I can start, yeah. not at level one? That's right. been my dream yeah. my entire yeah. time. Is to, to just, I want to make a, make a character that because uh, if you the higher level you start off and you go from like zero to that level that is a well-oiled machine because oh, yeah. if you, you start a level one character in. and you play you're gonna like pick up things that you just like man we just gotta have a way to 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 do aoe damage because of this right. adventure we're on but if you just like streamline that character made it all in one shot that may be a spell you would never take which right. I guess that's good and I guess that's bad because you get a character that, you know, you can feel the trials of life have created him into what he is. But it's like, no, I just want to be the best ranger in the realm. And this is right. the way I wanted to build it. Um, yeah. But you have options, which is what's great. Yeah, I was I was super impressed by how cool it was and, and how, how, how excited I was for the rewards that we got. And, then I, was, and I just was like what other rewards do we get for playing other scenarios? Like I want to see them. <laughs> and then uh, they have a really cool setup too with, you know, you, you had talked about it with the volunteers leading the thing or whatever. And they have these uh, venture, venture officers, venture lieutenants, venture captains, whatever. And uh, as you work your way up the ranks through volunteering, you get some access to things that other people don't get. I mean, there are some benefits to being uh, a real, you know, gung ho volunteer. You like one of the things you get are all the scenarios for free. You know, they said they give you them all, they give them to you early. And, uh, and you know, you get some of that, you get access, like, like Jim said, to some of the higher up people, you get to, you know, have conversations that, that direct the course of the campaign and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you can earn stars as GMs that, that, that gives you a boon. If you have like a two star GM that you get like a two star boon, there's a three star stuff. Uh, GMs also earn the same rewards that players do for, for running the scenario. They get to apply that credit to any of their characters when they go somewhere. So like the whole thing's really thought out. Well, it, it mobilizes volunteers, which is what you need to be able to run something like this. And so, yeah, that's, again, I go back to, I think it's absolutely possible for uh for onyx path for white wolf you know as they're kind of beginning to take more and more interest in some of their properties and whatnot it is absolutely possible to do something like i do like the fact that they reward the gm as well because oh yeah sometimes like you know when you play with your local group just like in your house or whatever the gm um and i'm sure you know this Corey. sometimes (laughs) it seems like he get he misses out a lot he or she misses out because she's having to do he or she's having to do all the work and right. put everything together and you don't even get to like level your character up because you don't really have a character but right. to say hey there here is this thing that you can apply to another character you make and being part of the society you're just like okay i i gm for this group of guys but when i go over here to you know, like hack and slash games or whatever it is. Um, I play my character and I get to apply all the stuff that I earned GM and right. this other group, which is yeah, really so, cool. Yeah. Cause like you and I, we played in the, in the same adventure. We got the same reward we, as players. But if, if the next one, I'm the GM and you're a player, I don't have to feel like you're somehow getting ahead of me now. And I've got to right. catch up 
because I get that same credit that you do. And I get to apply it to that same character that I played with you in that first adventure. Right. I'll, you know, so when the paths cross again, they're still, they're still on equal footing. Neck and neck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Yeah. Or, or it's not like, uh, when you you play world of Warcraft and you and your friend get it at the same time and you're adventuring together and then you have to, you have to do something called work and that person (laughs) doesn't. So like you come home and you're level four character. You're like, Hey man, you want to go, uh, to the, the, this little area. It's like, dude, I'm like level 80. Like what? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I can't play with you anymore. And you're like, well, just make another character. And then like a week later, that character's 80. And you're like, I don't don't think you want to play this game with me anymore. Yeah. How many times does that happen? I mean, gosh. Oh, man. That's why I appreciated games like Guild Wars that like just had like a low level cap. And then and then everything's just playing at the same level from then on. Zero to 20, learn how to play and then go from there. You know, and then everything else Oh, dude, it was good. Guild Wars I One was hate amazing. that idea. Oh, so it was much. so good. Like I, I was so excited when Guild Wars Two came out because <clears> you know, <throat> like just all the new technology and everything, and, you know, with uh, just the game itself and how it worked and whatnot. But then that whole, you know, making making these eighty levels and then it's ninety and hundred, whatever. Like just doing that, or maybe it's still eighty. Yeah, I think eighty is still the max. I don't think they ever upped the thing like World of Warcraft does. But, uh, but yeah, like doing that whole level up thing, it was like a real, I don't know. It just didn't feel Guild Warsy anymore. I liked the whole fact that it was like, you get to 20 and then that's your, that's what you play at. Um, the one thing I did like is that if you were a level 60 and your friend was a level five and you joined parties, it scaled you down to like the peak level five, uh, version. So you could actually play together. Yeah, they really thought that out in Guild Wars 2 a lot better than they ever did in World of Warcraft. It, oh, World of Warcraft, think, you just pay like, you know, 80 bucks and you get a free level 90 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guild Wars 2 is infinitely better than World of Warcraft. <laughs> said it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> although I haven't played either for years. But uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, organized play. I think it could work. I think it'd be really cool. You guys let us know what you think. But now, moving into a little bit different discussion. This a little bit of a maybe a shocker announcement to some people, not our patrons uh, on Patreon, but to to our regular listeners. This is the last episode of the Deliberative. Yeah, and uh, wanted to. Wanted to just kind of go out, end this, I, and you know, at this point, it, it looks like a permanent end. I suppose um, if if uh, Onyx Path or White Wolf or something starts doing a lot more with Exalted and getting it just really crunk and putting out lots of books and things like that, the excitement level will go through the roof, and you know, it's possible we could try to you know start something like this back up again but uh for now with the the slow publishing schedule lack of things to kind of talk about other than what we you know kind of come up with like this discussion that we just had um it just kind of it's for for me at least i'm just gonna tell my reasons for me at least i it, it gets to be more and more of uh 
of a job rather than something that's fun because there's a lot of work involved in putting together uh, what we talk about each week you know coming up with the show notes and thinking through how everything is going to go and then the, the recording which of course you have to do every single week and if you have a family I mean you've got to like work around the whole recording and everything and then doing the editing posting things up online uh, you know ke- just keeping abreast of everything t- getting the mail listening the yeah all this kind of stuff it just it turns into a lot of work and uh and just frankly my own interest in the game of exalted is is or in any game really is so contingent upon having new stuff and uh when we started this show there were you know the new stuff was oh my goodness these new developers are putting out things we we just got arms of the chosen and and now we're we're doing a kickstarter for dragon blood and they've got looters on the horizon and wow this is moving this there's stuff coming out but then of course it's been six months since the kickstarter and we still haven't seen the pdf for dragon blood and it's just getting to that place where my own interest is really waning and I look over at Paizo because I'm a longtime Pathfinder person. And there is just like 13, 18 new products a month. And there's just always stuff coming out. And then they have all this great you know, organized play stuff. And I, and I just, my own heart goes more toward that. I'm like, you know what? I want to play some more of this because man, this stuff is moving. It's popping. It's, you know, and it's fun. And my kids like it. So, um, so anyway, that's kind of my reason for just kind of growing a little cold on exalted and the deliberative and sort of wanting to move on. I've been wanting to move on for a while now. Some of y'all probably could have picked up on that, but, um, but anyway, those are my, those are my reasons. You guys want to say anything about, about that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to No. Um, (laughs) say whatever you want, Chuck, man. I disagree. I think that, Personally, like I well, first off, I believe everything that you say, Corey. I believe that this is too much work for you, um, and that you are unhappy with the release schedule. Um, so I don't think you're exaggerating any of that or whatever. I think right. that this is too soon to end our show, but <clears throat> I mean yeah i mean what what can what can i say (laughs) i i like exalted um i really enjoy playing it i know that we didn't get much chance to play it and it does it is kind of unfortunate that we're just still waiting on stuff to come out in a more usable like i know we have the manuscript but good grief it is difficult to go through that Uh. and use it it really is it, it feels like playing somebody's homemade game sometimes, you know, like I, as we're like making characters around the table and everybody's swapping back and forth, these like white paper PDFs, you know, and we're like just trying to, you know, claw through there to find out what rules to put on paper. I'm just like, good gosh, this is not the way a professional um, role-playing game ought to look. We ought to have books to look through, you know, but I understand they're in the middle of putting it out. So I'm not like, I'm not trying to like super complain about that or anything because we're wanting to push the cutting edge uh by getting new stuff you know using you know lunar playtest charms or using the uh the preview dragon blood manuscript or whatever we're wanting to push the envelope but the reason why we need to push the envelope like that to play the game is because it's been over five years since the game came out and we only really have like two published books arms of the chosen in the core right right 
And that is a long dang time, people. That's a long dang time to just try to run a whole role-playing game off of two books, regardless of how thick that core book is. Right, but I think you have to... You are obligated to point out that there were issues with the core book. Of course. So I would almost say you can't count that and look at the new production cycle. Uh, like, yeah. I okay, yes, I know that it's been a while since the uh, Kickstarter has ended. Yeah, it has yeah. been. Um, it's still not been as long as the core, though. <laughs> like I will, this is I would true. like to point that out. <laughs> um, no, I am, I am sad that we are ending the show. Um, yeah, I enjoy. Well, I don't enjoy waking up early per se, but <laughs> I, I do yeah. enjoy talking about such an insanely over the top game with you guys week in and week out. Right. Um, yeah, which is why I've decided. Well, if we're not going to do this every week. I'm still playing every week. Granted, I'm not playing Exalted right now. I'm playing 13th Age. But uh, I'm just going to take the recordings I have of my group and turn those into my own actual play podcast. And that'll be the enjoyment I get out of this stuff. That's awesome. And what's the name of your new show going to be? It is called Into the Unknown. Uh, I went with that because... The two games that I mainly play are, well, right now we're kind of committed to 13th Age with a Pathfinder evil campaign that we still need to wrap up when one of our guys gets back from a deployment. Um, so we've got, we've got, <laughs> what? I'm just laughing because you're, you're playing a, a, uh, a third-party kick-started Pathfinder compatible adventure using 13th Age No, 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 no. You've, like, you've created like a Promethean no. or, or a Liminal over the, there. The Way of the Wicked <laughs> Evil Adventure Path uh, is all Pathfinder. So oh, like, I see. We okay. started that, and then one of the guys went on deployment, and we said, we don't want to play this without you. So we okay. put it on hold. We then started playing 13th Age. Uh, but right. then I also um, love Hunter because it's a perfect right. game. And Delta Green, which is a modern Call of Cthulhu setting. And so we basically flip-flop between fantasy and horror. So I wanted something to kind of reflect that, but also reflect thematically that I've never done my own podcast on my own. So it's right. like kind of new territory for me. Um, so I, I felt like it was very thematic overall. So right. what I'm aiming for with that is to have 60 to 90 minute episodes. Oh, so you're going to cut them up a little bit. Yeah, um, which we're already doing at our table. We play for three to four hours every week and we're cutting it. Well, the first couple weeks we kind of cut it in half so those will be a little bit longer but you know i'm trying to get the feel for when to do natural breaks and stuff like that right um so i'm aiming to have 60 to 90 minute episodes released fortnightly or bi-weekly every other week um not sure when i'm gonna put those out yet but uh nice i do have a facebook page and a twitter account for it called unknowing pod 
uh, because Into the Unknown was taken and it was like (laughs) Into the Unknown 17 and I was like well I'm obviously not going to let that be the name of it (laughs) Um, yeah so Unknowing Pod both on Twitter and Facebook if you want to follow for news there's not very much to see there now I just created that stuff the other day but cool well that's really neat yeah I will be uh, moving on to a new project called Sleep uh, that <laughs> that I will be getting more of. And uh, yeah, and so, and also I just, I, I'll be I'll be really frank. Uh, when we started this thing. Don't be frank, be Corey. Okay, oh, be, well actually, oh, oh, oh. my middle name is Franklin. You are so Frank. Oh, I, I forgot get... about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when we first started this thing like six months ago, uh, my kids and I were playing uh, we were we were role playing fairly regularly, and then we started doing the show, and uh, my gaming with my kids like really, well it got it got abandoned entirely. I was right. gonna say it got put on the back burner, but no, it got like abandoned, and we just didn't do anything. And I was like talking about gaming all the time and not playing anymore. And my kids were like, "When are we gonna do this again?" You know that kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm spending so much time working on this other thing. Like I'm missing the thing that I enjoy the most, which is the reason why I wanted to do a podcast about it is because I enjoy gaming and whatnot, but the podcasting and all of the stuff that's, um, you know, kind of built up around it, all the work that has to be done around it just keeps you from doing the thing that you love. And so one of the things that we used to do, for example, is wake up really early on Saturday mornings to come play downstairs in my nerd cave and uh and so nerd! anyway like nerd, yeah oh man you should see this nerd cave now i got tvs down here now uh it is it's sweet but anyway um yeah so since since i've kind of been pulling my heart away from the show for the last few weeks um yeah i've yeah kind of like you guys have been doing editing which i appreciate very much and you know just we've kind of been like just kind of putting some show notes together and stuff like that. And I've been playing more, you know, my kids and I've been down here, we've been playing a lot and we've just been having a whole lot of fun. And I realized, you know, at the age my kids are at and where I'm at in life right now, it would be, it was, it's just better for me to be playing with the kids than it is to be doing a podcast. I mean, just honestly, that's where it, that's where it's at. So you'd rather play with your kids than play with your friends. Hmm. Got it. Well, (laughs) no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But uh, Jim, what about you? You haven't said a whole lot. What are your feelings here? <laughs> well, I've enjoyed doing the podcast with you guys. Uh, we had some some pretty high moments. I think uh, we peaked around the lunar playtest uh, portion, right. and yeah. uh, you know we got to. I mean, we got to interview interview James Bell and Dixie and uh, Eric, and I mean. I never thought and, I'd have conversations with those people. And Tyler people. and Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it. never mind. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was fun. And I, we got to talk, talk about the game. And, you know, I said things and created things that went further than just our table. And that was right. really cool. And had some good conversations, met some people. Uh, right. met pe- we've met people all over the world that play Exalted. Like we got right. Luis down in Brazil and we got Bifford over in 
in uh, the UK and just like all right. these people. And I think and we had a guy from Belgium and uh, Belgium. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and then we would look at our international map. There's people we don't even know about that would right. um, listen to the podcast. So that was just really cool. I didn't yep. even fathom that exalted went that far. Like right. to me, it, it hit the borders of Georgia. And then there was some <laughs> secret underground plant where, where they, and it's funny too, because white wolf used to be based in Georgia in yeah. stone mountain. Um, yep. so it's like, yeah, this, this place exists in my little neck of the woods. So to right. find out and to meet all these people all over the globe, it was really cool, but I have to agree with Corey. Um, and of course I see Charles's side of it too. You know, there's part of me that wants to carry on, but there's also a part of me that says, um, this is right now. It's, it's eating into a lot of time that I could probably could and should be spending, you know, with my family. And so I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. If there's a, if there's a chance for it in the future, maybe uh, I would consider um, right. coming back and doing it again. Um, but for now, uh, the podcast will just have to exist on the two of us having a three-way conversation and arguing about some rule over whatever game we're playing at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that was another thing we, we had talked about was uh, a possibility of maybe um, – you know, turn it like, like turning the podcast to be less about just playing exalt, like exalted itself and being more about uh, all kinds of games, like whatever game we're interested in at the time, because that's the way gamers are. Right. I mean, most gamers don't just play one thing to the exclusion of all else. We play multiple things. And, um, and we, we've talked about that for a little while. And if you've known, I'm sure you've noticed the last like five weeks or so we three or four, maybe weeks we've been, uh, opening the show with a lot more discussion of different games that we're playing Charles's card game, our time at the, at the Starfinder society thing, Pathfinder stuff, you know, so we, we've been like kind of testing the waters with some of that, but I, I thought, you know, if we turn the deliberative to be something other than an exalted show, it's just not the deliberative anymore. And so it would be best, even if we did like make a new show that was just like, this is just us talking about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Kind of like James Bell said that he did with his friends with the nerd tangent podcast. It would still need to be a different show, not the deliberative because the deliberative was your weekly podcast all about exalted. So, so that's why we, we just kind of decided to spool this thing down. So anyway, I know it's sad news. Some of you out there, it's like exalted is your favorite thing. Like it, like it has been mine and you just want something to listen to each week that keeps you pumped about the game because there's not new products coming out to keep you pumped about the game. And, uh, and I get it and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're not going to provide that anymore because this, this podcast is exactly what I wanted and needed for me being a fan of exalted who couldn't stay excited with just the tiny trickle of news and publishing that we got from Onyx path, but needed more. I was like, what we need is a podcast where somebody's talking about this every week. And that's the reason why I approached these two guys were like, Hey man, let's do this. And, uh, but I mean, it, it's just, it's got to the place where somebody else will have to take up the torch 
and go forward. And, uh, and if you do, I wish you luck. And Charles, with your Into the Unknown podcast, I, I hope that, uh, that that goes really well. I'll be excited to listen to see what you guys are up to, sort of. <laughs> I don't know. That whole, <laughs> that whole 13... <laughs> That whole thirteenth age thing, running a different game and, and like translating it on the fly or whatever, that's that's kind of weird to me. Well, but, that's you know, not I'll what's happening, but okay. <laughs> I know, but that is what you're planning to do, right? That is what you're planning to do. No, like someone went online like years ago, and they completely converted the entire Age of Worms adventure path into thirteenth oh. age. Yeah. Oh, somebody else did that. Work. Yeah. Okay. So like, I'm just using their math I to see. run the game. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, but uh, anyway, anyway. And from time to time, we will play Exalted. Like I still have a couple players that want to play Exalted. Yeah. So, and I, I'm not giving. You know, I, I'm excited <clears throat> to see what's coming out with Exalted. It's just um, when you're when you're playing games that come from a company that have a really heavy release schedule, uh, it's like it's like binge watching. Uh, a, a series right like if you if you go to paizo every month they're like i'm serious it's like 13 new products yeah, you're just like holy nuts. crap yeah and and i'm a collector i'm a person who likes to spend money on the on the games that i play right and i love having new things to spend money on i'm, I'm just i'm excited by that like oh cool i bought a new book last night uh you know so anyway like I, I just like i'm constantly i'm constantly buying stuff and, and checking out new things and and i get really excited about that my ipad has two I hit the 200 mark last night. I have 200 Pathfinder books. That's not counting the, the play test. That's, I have 200 first edition Pathfinder books. I have the entire print run of Starfinder. You know, like I love buying stuff. And so, but Exalted is on a schedule that's more like, um, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, right? Like the first one came out like 10 years ago or eight, nine years ago or whatever. And then the second one came out like, four or five years ago and now the third one's coming out next year you know it's like it's just there's so much time between releases uh, with exalted i would almost just like rather just wait a while and then when they have all this crap published they just go get it all at once and be excited because this like super ridiculously slow release schedule is honestly killing my soul <laughs> it's too slow speed it up people listen <clears throat> i give you a tiny bit of advice it doesn't have to be perfect okay just ship it that's something that steve jobs had to communicate to apple back in the day at some point you just have to ship it right so like do a good job make a good product ship it and move on to the next one i feel like sometimes with the onyx path stuff it's like so perfectionistically uh gone over to the like micronic detail so few actual words in that but go on i know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that i mean yes is the is the core book amazing sure but man i would have gone for something that was 70 percent as amazing and had like three or four other books come or well in five years good gosh we should have seen like you know 30 books 50 books honestly honestly that's what should have been happening exalted is such a good game it's such a good game it has so much potential to bring in people and be i think one a of lot of that Corey, has to deal with focus too um yeah if you look at paizo Absolutely it does. Pico, paizo has 
for a long time one product. Now they have right. two, and the yeah. second one is just like super fun and popular. So, but Correct. that's it. They're working on two things. Whereas Onyx Path, they have now. If you total up all the games they make um, material for, they right. might have the same amount of stuff as Paizo. They may have like thirty right. books in a year, but it's yeah. spread across all multiple games. Right. So yeah. you feel like your baby, the game that you love, is on the back burner a lot because you're like waiting for your turn. When's my book coming out? Right. Yeah. And I know we've had discussions about this even before we ever did the podcast, like year, maybe even years ago at this point, Charles, me and you were talking and it was like, why is there another old world of darkness, you know, anniversary edition coming out. I need a new hunter book. Dang it. You know, like I just... really don't get it. And I know that probably <laughs> most people who listen to us like the old world of darkness stuff. Right. Stop making the old crap and make new, better stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I do not care about vampire. The masquerade. Yeah. Yeah. Give us yeah, new it, stuff. Stop reaping. This is like how, um, and I'm guilty of this, but it's like how Skyrim came out and then they released it on a new system and then they remastered right. it and released it again. And then they released <laughs> the remastered thing on like iPad and I've purchased right. Skyrim like five times. Right. But it, I also recognize just make a new game. Yeah. Just yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, I've read and, and heard them talk about like kind of why they do that. And, and apparently it's because they, you know, from a marketing standpoint and from a business standpoint, core books make more money for them than supplements do. And so they, uh, they always want to look to make a new core book because that's where they're going to get paid because the players just don't buy all their supplements. Well, Paizo figured out a way to do it, guys. I'm just going to say that they figured out a way to do it. They are remarkably more popular than you are. And uh, they do it through coming out with cool little maps, coming out with pawn sets, coming out with all. And you know what? A lot of the path, a lot of the Pathfinder fans that I know bought all that stuff. And also they put their PDFs up for sale for fairly cheap. Online. I literally have about $150 worth of stuff from Starfinder sitting in my cart that I'm about to push the button on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, the whole thing too of like, well, this book's a $60 book in the, you know, if you buy it in the store, but I can get the PDF for $10. And I, I, I have bought, like I said, I've got 200 Pathfinder books and the entire print run of Starfinder. Mainly all my stuff is knickknacks. It's pawns. It's maps. Um, dice. Dice that match right. the set of the oh, yeah. um, adventure path this. I'm playing. Uh, right. So, and I just want to buy that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. And, and, and like I said, I, so, so maybe what you were doing before, if your source books weren't selling, maybe it was the wrong kind of thing. And I'm going to tell you what, I have thought for decades that it was the wrong thing because what you should have been making was good adventures. That's what you should have been making. Uh, that's why they sell. That's why they sell so much of their stuff. They focus on the adventure, on the game itself. I've always, I thought years ago, because I was one of the ones that uh, 
I <laughs> people that know me know that a lot of times I like try to take credit for like giant things that happen in industries and whatnot. <laughs> like one time I was like, I caused the yo-yo craze of 1996, but, uh, but which is true. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but I'm also the guy who came up with the Bonka Chinka Wow Wow as the porn music. I, that's true. That's also a true story. Uh, and it went to Seinfeld and everywhere else. But, but anyway, uh, I wrote a, I wrote a letter to, uh, to Wizards of the Coast way back in the day kind of detailing essentially the entire strategy that that paizo has taken for developing pathfinder this was before the wizards paizo split and uh the whole like adventure paths and having pawns for them and matching things for the sets and all, like i wrote this like insane long open letter kind of like it, describing all of this stuff years before it happened and uh and anyway and and, and my the thing that i said back then was i think you should think of role-playing game systems as like video game consoles and the adventures that you write are like the cartridges or the games or whatever for that console so you have your D D, that's the console and then age of worms uh savage tides shackled city those are the games that people slot into their console oh shackled so, city oh <laughs> yeah there's a throwback <laughs> but i actually wrote this letter prior to shackled city so, uh, anyway, so yeah, there, uh, and I was on like a steering committee thing for D and D. So it wasn't like I just sent in a completely un, uh, unrequested letter or whatever, but yeah, so they're like, they, I, I, I think that's the way things should work. Put out exalted as like, think of it as a console and then make like six, 10, 12, 15, whatever games for that console those would be like your adventure paths. And then that's what people play. They go, you want to play exalted? Like you're not really thinking about that so much. You're like, want to play you know blah 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 age of worms want to play iron gods like that's what you're asking because you're asking to play that game not just simply in this system right so yeah right yeah there you go and i think that's a, a lot of the uh, the discussion that we've had and the difference of opinions that we got over the adventure path thing kind of revolve around that people not seeing exalted as the console and the and the the adventures as the games they kind of see it a different way. It's like, no, Exalted is me making characters and then like everybody making different things and then us stringing it together into a story. Well, yeah, but that's 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 kind of not what I'm talking about, though. You know, so. Yeah, the biggest disconnect there with the Exalted thing was people didn't realize when you sit down to play an adventure path, you say, hey, I want to run Age of Worms and 13th Age. Oh, cool. I want to make a, a rogue. Okay, now, hang on, Joel. I'm not saying don't make a rogue because I would never tell you not to play a class. I will tell you, however, this is a very undead heavy adventure path, and there may be times where your some of your class features don't work, because unfortunately that's just kind of how undead are against some things, right? right? Like the cleric right. is really gonna shine uh, a right. lot more than any other player. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. then they all kind of tailored their characters to this very uh, high altitude bird's eye view of um, start to finish undead adventure path. Right. And, and with Iron Gods, you know, it's like my daughter Lydia, she made a an android. You know, that like she's from the area. You know, she came from this like Starcraft wreckage from 7,000 years ago. She's been, you know, like, and then my, my character in the game is this little boy who's like a barbarian boy 
who happens to be really good with all this like technology crap that he finds in the dirt and he puts her back together and gets her working you know so like so now we've got this barbarian boy who's really good at tinkering with stuff who's put together this android and you know we would never make those two characters for and, and then my other daughter she's got another character that also fits into the story but what i was i'm not trying to like describe our whole party i'm just trying to say we would never make those characters for something like ruins of aslant which is a story about going to a place with a sunken atlantis continent and trying to find hidden treasures under the water right you know like we would literally never make this party for that game because that's not the game you're playing right the adventure is the game that's what i'm trying to say you know so make your make your characters based on that not not let's make our characters first and try to find an adventure that fits them no that's stupid that's or, i don't want to just say people i'm saying that if you're if that's the way you're playing an adventure path you're doing it wrong right like like go ahead and make make all your characters first where's your character from what's he do where's your character all right now let's see which one of these adventures will fit all of these people or do none of them fit therefore i have to make up my own thing like that is just the backwards way of thinking about how to play an adventure path that's why when you get one, it tells you if you're making a character for this, here are some campaign traits to pick that tie you into the story. You know, that's you have to have that. But anyway, I think that uh, I think that those you know these companies that have done well and succeeded have done so because they have focused on having good published adventures that show people how to play the game and lead them forward. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, that about wraps it up for this show the deliberative (laughs) (laughs) Charles we uh, look forward to seeing some of your first episodes on into the unknown come out and uh, and we'll still be around forums and whatnot. We still have our deep wild. I'm I'm also I'm not going to deactivate the Facebook or Twitter account. Um, uh, Well, first off, there's no reason to in case at some point in the future we do decide to, you know, maybe we do an episode when the Lunar's Kickstarter goes live or something like that. That's, you know, that's entirely possible. So the right. the accounts will still be around on the off chance that we do an episode here or there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That works for me. All right, guys. Well, it's been good. And hope all of you out there the best. Onyx Path, wish you the best as well. Shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. But uh, do uh, publish more stuff. And uh, to our to our listeners, man, we love you guys. Thank you for all your support. For those who support us on Patreon, we thank you for that. We did turn it off prior to the beginning of the next month, so you would not be charged again. So, uh, so you should be good to go there. And uh, and we'll see you guys around in creation. It's been a good ride. See you guys later. Bye. See ya. <laughs>